Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. The dynamic punch. They literally write punch sometimes. I think so. Yeah, I've seen. I mean, I thought it was just kapow. Kapow, pow, blam, blam. Oh, there's a lot. On game nights, we were inspired by the old Batman. Yeah, the. Yeah, exactly. That's what it sounds like every time. <laughs> hey, everybody. How are you doing? You are watching slash listening to the Command Zone podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Wong. How's it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. And today we are talking about, well, partners, actually. Uh, Battlebond has shown us that partners and the idea of partners is not gone. Thank you, Gavin, for keeping this alive, albeit in a slightly different way. So we're going to be ta- talking about partners in general today, talking about the best partners and actually some of the limitations that unfortunately are baked into the design and whether or not the partner with commanders are worth playing in your deck with the 99 and some cards we would play with those decks as well. Partners old and new. Very exciting. Yeah, a lot of new partners. If you want to pick up some of these partner commanders to build decks around, then just go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone. If you use that affiliate link when you order your magic product, your singles, anything at all, you really are supporting Game Nights and this podcast, and we super appreciate it. And as always, big thank you to Ultra Pro, our other sponsor of the show, Ultra Pro, with these amazing playmats. We just got our playmats printed, actually. They're on the way from the press, or they're in the process. They're in the someone, process of being printed. Someone sent some I'm emails. Like, I think it goes it takes into a, little a, while. a queue. Yeah, it takes a little while. It takes a, a few weeks to get all printed. In fact, we had over 2,000 ordered, so that's going to yeah. it's gonna take more than... They're not printed yet. They're being printed. Yeah, but thank you to Ultra Pro. Obviously, great product. Pick it up at your local LGS. And, of course, we have to print some extra playmats for our patrons. Yes. So if you want to support the show, the support support if you want to support the show directly you can go to patreon.com slash command zone and contribute straight to us our patrons do get access to free merchandise once they once they qualify so they will be getting the last hand playmat um and we also call out one lucky patron every single episode and this episode is dedicated to brian g broderick brian you rock. You rock. And I checked Brian's profile. He he said he passed the amount, and he's he either has received a free piece of merch or is going to be receiving the last stand playmat as a free Sweet. piece of merch. So congrats, Brian. Congrats, Brian. Thanks for the support. Okay, so the best partner. Uh, when we put some 
the best partner or partner with, with commanders with there's yeah. a question mark in there too um so if you don't know partner commanders entered the world in commander 2016 it was the four color set and it was a very exciting time because i think there are 105 unique combinations of partners and they basically have the mechanic partner on them that allows them to be a commander with another card that says the word partner and we talked a little bit about this. Josh, one of your favorite decks, has a partner commander. And it's actually one of the most popular decks on the EDH Rec, I might add. It's Thrasios and Vile Smasher. Yeah, this, that is my favorite deck still. Still? Um, yeah. That's nice. Still to this day. Crazy. Two yeah. years later. But you get to play four colors in that deck, and that's yeah. why the partner commanders were exciting. Now, of course, you can do two color combinations with partner. You can also do three color combinations with partners. No fives yet. No fives yet. That would be crazy. We'll see. They just need to create a couple three... They got to be so careful with it, even as I say that out loud. Yeah. You know, Jimmy, this was your idea for an episode, and it's really fascinating. You kind of put something out there that I hadn't thought about, but I think is definitely true, which is that it feels like the partner commanders didn't quite fulfill the promise that we thought or live up to the expectations. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of great things about them, but as you were sort of putting down your thoughts, I was like, yeah, that's kind of true. They're, they didn't quite get there. It's actually kind of limited in scope. There's 105 possibilities, but honestly, you're only trying to really play four to six of them total. I mean, it, it look, you can build whatever you want, but the actual way that the partners work, once you start putting two partners together that don't have synergies that actually work that well together, your deck suffers as a result. I mean, there are four top partners. I never thought about this until you kind of went in and researched this and put these down. And you're basically always partnering a different partner with one of those four. Mm -hmm. If you want like a an actually strong good deck, you could obviously do like Ishai and Ikrishadiki and 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 do yeah. a deck. You can do it. It's just that combination is going to be worse than probably your other non-partner options. Um, but, so there are like four commanders that are open. Or sorry, four partner commanders yep. that are kind of open-ended enough that they allow for a diversity of strategies and you're kind of part shoehorning another one in there. Yeah, you're either trying to find two partners that work well together because there are a couple of Artifact Matters partners. It's like, right. okay, these guys will work well together. Or you're being like, I have one partner I want to build around and another utility partner almost. Yes. Um, which makes sense, uh, but that's why they have to be careful with the design, I'm supposing, because if they make too many of these guys, then you're really cracking the box open. I mean, and they, a couple of these are broken. Yeah, oh, 100%. I mean... Yeah. Well, let's talk about them. Yeah. Uh, so the best partner commanders, I call these the tier one partner commanders just because they fit into every archetype. And honestly, they're the best with each other if you're going the competitive route. Uh, Kaidel, Chosen of Crufix. Uh, this actually had a very fun Game Nights debut. And it did work because yeah. Kaidel taps for a lot of mana and Kaidel will also just destroy you. So it's two a green and a blue for a two three. Legendary creature, human wizard. She's got four arms. Pretty cool. She's like, what's that guy in... Uh, um, Mortal Kombat, Goro. Uh, Goro, yeah. yeah. Goro. She's it's it's Goro chosen the proof proof fix. <laughs> uh, you can tap her to add colorless to your mana pool for each card you've drawn this turn. So she's in green and blue. It's Those not colors super draw cards. hard to go infinite mana with Kaidel. It's yeah, pretty... untap her a couple of times. Have her feed into like a basalt monolith. Just you're good. You're done. Staff of Domination, the Umbral Mantle. The, I mean, there's a not Umbral Mantle. Um, what's the Thorn? Oh, man. The Untapper? Which I one? have this deck. I took it apart, though, after that, because it was just like... <laughs> we were just building to the same home run each time, right? Basically, like... it was like wheel once, then just Untapper with something oh, that... Oh, yeah, wheeling. Yeah, you just wheel of fortune because you put red with a, a partner with her, and then yeah. you just make infinite mana every game and then fireball everybody out or, or the equivalent. Sounds uh, glorious to me. Yeah, oh, it was yeah. fun the first few times, and then it was kind of boring. Anyway, so she's extremely powerful. Um, 
the next one on the list you have here is I think the most broken of all of them and a tier yeah. one commander just by itself, Thrasios, Triton Hero. It's absurd how tier one this is. Yeah, it's a green and a blue for a one three Merfolk wizard. Has partner, obviously, and the ability is you can pay four and then scry one, then reveal the top card of your library. If it's a land, put it onto the battlefield tapped, otherwise draw a card. <laughs> so you scry one and then you either put the land on the battlefield tap if that's what you want, or you draw the card depending on what it is. This card is card draw and mana ramp on a card. Yep. It's as green-blue as it gets. It only costs two mana to play. The activated ability has no colored mana cost. That's that's the big mistake, I think, here. Because if you ever create infinite mana, Thrasios draws your entire deck and puts all your lands into, into play. play tapped, yeah. But still, that card is insanely broken. You just need one extra turn card with that at that point, or just a way to untap your lands. There's There are untapped permanent cards. A right? lot of times you don't even need that, because if one of your cards... True. If one, if you create an infinite mana, if one of your cards was win like the game omniscience yeah. or something, well, you've already made infinite mana, so you can cast all the cards that you drew. Probably, I mean, it could be infinite colorless. Yeah. Anyway, obviously, Thrasios just crazy good. And you can literally put him in any partner deck because, again, green and blue. We're saying we've always said this: the two best colors for commander as well as just being powerful enough that you don't need to pay color mana for it at all. And the ability goes with anything, right? It's not. Yeah, um, it doesn't limit you. specific, yeah, right? Like, do I, no matter what strategy I'm playing, do, would I like to draw cards? Yes. Yeah. Would I like to mana ramp? Yeah. Uh, yeah also, yeah. yes. Yeah. <laughs> Both seem like great ways to have more fun playing the game. Uh, the next card, Vile Smasher the Fierce. It's who your Thrasios deck is partnered up with. One, a black and a red for a 2-3 legendary creature, Goblin Berserker. This guy's hilarious. Whenever you cast your first spell each turn. Oh, is it? You're right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Actually, she's also the, the non-vile smashing version is in yeah. uh, cons or I think dragons in the alternate future or past, whatever. Um, okay. Whenever you cast your first spell each turn, vile smasher deals damage equal to that spell's CMC to an opponent chosen at random. I think this is. Partnered. Yeah. I think this doesn't seem overtly powerful, but it goes in any strategy again, because do you, would you like to do damage to your opponents? Yeah. Like it's, it, it's so free, open-ended. For free, basically. Yeah, it's so open-ended as far as, like, what it's doing that it, it... Like, does it care if you have artifacts? Not particularly. Nah. Does it care if you cast instants or sorceries? Not really. Does it care about any tribe? Not specifically. Nah. Does it care about, you know... I guess the only strategy it wouldn't go with is if you're trying to mill your opponents out? Yeah, I guess so. Because then you don't care about damage? Yeah, I mean, damage... We always say combat's like how you win the game. You usually just swing creatures at people, but damage is the other way, and that's why Val Smasher works. Again, in every single partner deck that you want to put it in, because at no point are you going to be like, I don't want to hurt my opponents. I mean, I would actually say that combat damage is not the way that most uh, games of Commander end, and File yeah. Smasher gives you that alternate way to win that's not yeah. combat. Because every oh, deck... You know group every deck, Actually, even Group Hug needs win no, conditions. No, it's fine, because I'm just casting stuff, gumming everything up, and as I'm doing that, I'm doing damage to everybody. Yeah. Like, it's fine in Group Hug, too. It's a great card to be like, it's Vile Smasher's fault, not mine. Yeah. Even though I cast it and put it in my deck. <laughs> uh, the last sort of tier one of the partner commanders is Timna the Weaver. It's one, a white, and a black for a 2-2 legendary creature. Human cleric has lifelink. And at the beginning of your post-combat main phase, you may pay X life, where X is the number of opponents that were dealt combat damage this turn. And if you do, you draw X cards. So let's say um, I'm in a four-player game, and I attack Jimmy with Timna and you know, Mel with my Elvish Mystic or something. Mm -hmm. And now they, it's early in the game. They don't have any blockers. Now, as, after combat, before my second main, I pay two life because two opponents have taken combat damage and I draw two cards. Pretty good. And Tim has got lifelink, so, so. <laughs> I gain that life back. back. Um, 
the reason that Timna is in this category, even though she seems a little different than the other t three, uh, in that it's like, oh, but you have to be attacking and the damage has to hit. If you're doing things like ramping in-game with creatures, if you're doing things like casting small spells, or even creatures, or just ways to get damage in, even Timna by herself, if she hits one person once, is more than worth it. I also think that she's a card draw card. Yeah. So like we were saying with the other, like Kaidel, that's ramp. Thrasios, ramp and card draw. Timna, card draw. Yeah. Vile Smasher is the one that I think doesn't fit, but because it's so open-ended. Because what do we say every deck wants? This is proving our point. Yeah. Card draw and mana ramp. Um, and Tim is a card draw card. However you however you slice it, Tim is a card draw card. Hey, lifelink is important too. You, know, you <laughs> never know. You never know. It could be, could be a big difference maker. Um, okay, so now let's talk about the second best partner commanders. Now, these cards are actually pretty close behind, but all of them do specifically fall into archetypes. Uh, the first is Silas Wren, Seeker Adept. I play this on game nights as well. Got back in Expedition Map a lot of times. It's one in blue and a black for a 2-2 legendary artifact creature, Human, with Death Touch. Whenever Silas Ren deals combat damage to a player, choose target artifact card in your graveyard. You may cast that card this turn, and he has partner. So again, he's very specifically looking in your graveyard and for artifacts. So it's a graveyard artifact-specific commander, but every deck has artifacts. I mean, who hasn't had their artifacts blown up? Silas Ren is very good, but he's not as open-ended as he, the top-tier commander is. Still pretty open-ended, though, as far as like... Yeah, it's it can not be any hard, kind of artifact. It's and it's not hard to just play a lot of artifacts. True. So it, Especially it, in these colors. Yeah. It, but again, there are definitely strategies where that you can't run Silas with that, right? Yeah. Uh, tribal strategies will be tough. Um, incident and sorcery strategies will be tough. Creature-based stuff and artifact-based stuff, obviously. But Super Friends, that would be tough. Oh, but yeah, you can run Thrasios if you're running Super Friends. So, yeah, yeah it's just a matter of like how open-ended. Um, the next one you have down here is Tana the Bloodsower. Tana is two red and a green for a 2-2 two -two Elf Druid with Trample. 2-2 two -two with Trample, huh? Whenever Tana <laughs> deals combat damage to a player, create that many 1-1 one -one green Sapperling creature tokens. So if you can pump her up, you'd make more tokens. If you want to sacrifice tokens, yeah. it's token-based decks, obviously. But still very powerful. Um, you and know. maybe good with something like Timna. Yeah, that's true. Hey, that's a you just made a deck, dude. But again, <laughs> you're, you're like you said, you're you're in a go-wide strategy. You're kind yeah. of, if you were doing an artifact-based deck, then Tana probably doesn't help you in that regard. True. Yeah. Uh, the next I have is Rayhan, last of the Obzon, one black and a green for a 0-0 zero, zero human warrior. Legendary, of course. He enters the battlefield with three. She, she again. Oh, my gosh. I need to look better at the art. I just base it off the names. <laughs> well, with Vile Smasher, you can't tell either. That's true. From the art. It is fierce. Her. She is fierce. Rayhan also very fierce, by the way. Enters the battlefield with three plus one plus one counters for it. So she ends up being a three, three for three. That costs three mana, obviously. Uh, whenever a creature you control dies or is put into the command zone, if it had one or more plus one plus one counters on it, you may put that many plus one plus one counters on target creature. So if you pair this up with a blue commander, you can sometimes go infinite with like, sort of like, I think grafting is one of the ways you can go infinite. Oh, interesting. Um, so obviously like, you know, anyone that pl has played a Gave deck in the past knows the power of plus one plus one counters and the ability to move them around. So Rayhan, obviously pretty good, but again, very focused on this specific thing. But because it says each creature, um, any creatures dies, you can move the counters around. That's actually a really strong utility and a protection card for any deck that cares about plus one plus one counters. But you have to care about plus one plus one counters. Yeah. Again, Thrasios doesn't 
It goes with planeswalker decks. It goes with planeswalker decks. Yeah, it goes with instant sorcery decks. Rayhan does. That's not. like kind of a good bear a barometer. Is <clears throat> like, does it does it work with a planeswalker deck? Because that's definitely I'd say, or a group hug deck even. Because that's definitely on the outside fringe strategies. That, I mean, you could say so. that's why Thrasios is so good because the answer to that question, group hug, planeswalker, instant and sorcery deck, anything. Yes. But the only thing you could say, even a mill deck probably would be fine yeah. with Thrasios. It's not like he's getting in the way. Rayhan does nothing with you know a lot of those strategies. Okay, and the last one in the sort of second tier of partner commanders. And I think this is the closest to a tier one. Yeah, I agree. Uh, commander. I'll, actually, if it was like two mana less, it probably would be. It's Ravos. I think that's the only reason I didn't put it in the top tier because it, it does cost. It's overcosted, yeah. yeah. So it's Ravos Soul Tender. Three, a white and a black. So a five mana, two, two flying human cleric. It says other creatures you control get plus one, plus one. And then it says at the beginning of your upkeep, you may return target creature card from your graveyard to your hand. So again, this doesn't work in a Planeswalker deck. So it doesn't pass the Thrasios test, mm -hmm. the brand new... <laughs> Just now, the Thrasios Thrasios says, Thrasios yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, creature deck, yeah, is as open ended as like artifact deck. Mm -hmm. You know, it's way more open ended than say specifically a token deck or a plus one plus one counter deck. Yeah. And this goes to your hand, so it's technically a little better than what Silas Ren's ability is uh, because he has to attack and hit. Like he has death touch, but Ravos has flying. And then you have to cast it kind of now, otherwise yeah. you lose the ability to cast yeah. it next turn. Yeah, that's true. So Ravos, I think, is close to Silas. I still put Silas above just because I think... Uh, well, the other thing is Ravos' Anthem ability is pretty strong as well if you're going any kind of just... But Silas strategy. is a three drop. Yeah. And Ravos is a five drop. Yeah, and, and I think in general, because you can play more artifacts and decks than creatures and from different colors, you're going to want to... Even if you're going four color, I think Silas Ren is still more flexible. Um, interesting, and it's an interesting point, and I think this demonstrates it, which is that like that second tier of stuff is not even close to as good. And if Not you, even close, yeah. If you start pairing it with the not tier one stuff, so if you're not... If you say, I'm going to build a Ravos deck, but I can't pair it with Kaidel, Thrasios, Vile Smasher, or Timna, the deck is pretty... Interesting. It's, it's not. It's not good. Yeah. I mean, it, uh, and by good, I just mean, you know, it. It's not very powerful. That doesn't mean you can't have fun and you can't do cool things. But at the same time, it's definitely not going to be like a feared deck in your playgroup. Yeah, it doesn't mean you can't load it up with good stuff either, right? You can turn any of the partner commander decks into a good stuff deck, and because you can do four fun. colors, yeah. yeah. Um, but and then uh, the other partners we didn't talk about were Bruce Tarl, Sadar Kondo, Kraum, Ludovic Opus, Akiri Line Slinger, and Ishai. I say Ishai is maybe close to tier two just because this is a thing that happens in games. But again, I think but four mana is yeah. a little expensive. It's just a big dumb flyer though at that point. I love big dumb flyers. Ludovic, uh, Ikris Shidiki, and then Ludovic. Yeah, Ludovic is in my Tim deck. But again, it's so such narrow. a specific <laughs> deck, right? Like how many decks? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So that's that's the interesting thing I thought about partners. Like, oh, that's why I want more partner commanders because the most powerful ones dominate the field in terms of both the decks on EDH Rec if you count them there, and also just which commanders want to be paired with those guys, and just specifically with that top four, maybe five if you're going to throw Ravos in there. So really, when you talk about possibilities, and I'm not going to do the math right now, it's not 105. It's not Yeah, you can make 105, but if you scroll all the way down to EDH Rec, you're getting into like, there's like two decks. I mean, see what the least. it's like saying you can play with like, I don't know, one of those old legends from Legend that doesn't like, with Stag or something. Like, Stang can't be Stag. Stang. Stang can be your commander. It definitely can't. I do love Stang. It's pretty funny. But it doesn't. That doesn't mean that it's a good deck or, or it's going to be competitive. On EDH Rec right now, maybe one of you viewers can change this. There's only one deck for Akiri Line Slinger and Ikrishidiki the Usurper. That's so the, you have a played partner pair. Yep. You so you have a, a a partner that cares about artifacts and wants to get buff and hit people, and then a menace 
That, this one cares about butts, right? That yeah, equals the creature's toughness. Yeah. So and the carry gets plus one plus zero, not a toughness bow buff. So. <laughs> but it's an O three to start. It's an O three to start. So yeah, th at three at the at the baseline ain't so bad, you know. You get four colors. Yeah, you and can you can do... you can gain life and then you can hit them. You're missing so. blue, so no wonder you're missing the the best color. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> uh, anyway, if you'd like to change that and tell us how we are so wrong about this, please. We're Build here. an Ikrashidiki and a a, uh, Kali, a Kiri, a Kiri, a line slinger deck. I yeah. Know the name of the creature. Okay, so let's look at partner with commanders. Now, these came out in Battlebond, and the reason that they're different, and honestly, I'm a little upset that they didn't find a way to make partner a little more ubiquitous, but at the same time, you have to preserve the integrity of the set that it's in. Otherwise, you're going to make it a really bad drafting environment for a lot of people that will be affected. So people well, are saying like, this is a commander masters, but it isn't because of partner with, I think. I don't think it's a problem within the draft environment. I think yeah. it's a problem. I think they were being careful, and I'm glad they were about yeah. the the vile smashers and the thrasioses and just breaking that it's see this is the problem they're going to run into um it's very hard for them to sort of test any new partner commander that's able to partner with other partner commanders oh yeah um in because like this. yeah because the combinations there's so many yeah so i mean if you threw create, some of these more. as partners into the oh, mix yeah. things would be just really weird for sure i think there your chance of it being broken is so much higher yeah so I would love to see a card. I like understand why they did it. I mean, there are some people out there. Let me ask you. Oh, uh, that are hoping that because we got partners within Battlebond, that maybe in Commander twenty eighteen, we'll get some kind of partner thing. I would hope. I mean, look, who knows? But at the same time, it's really confusing for me to have it be called partner with. I almost wish they said something like link. bonded, bonded, yeah, or, Battle you know, Bond, Battle Bond. I'm surprised that it wasn't bonded with. But maybe because the word partner is being used here again, it means that Wizards wants to play more around with the part, just partner, and then maybe there's going to be a word after kind of stuff. I don't know. Look, I have no clue, but who knows? I have no clue, but who knows? Yeah, exactly. I tell you, who knows? Gavin Verhey. Gavin. <laughs> Uh, text me. Ask Is that him. how it works? I know. I'm just telling the audience. Go ahead and ask Gavin Verhey oh, yeah, on Twitter because yeah. we can't. We don't know. So, yep. okay. Okay. So look, we're going to examine each of the partner combinations because they can only be partnered with each other. It's going to be a shorter list. There's uh, six of them. We'll talk about total, and we're also going to talk about cards that you could put in the decks as well as uh, whether or not these cards would be. I, this is my hopeful thinking. Like which which of the real partners right now should we rather these two to partner with? But we can't do that, unfortunately. Because <laughs> there's only a couple. Okay. All right, so I'll read one, you read the other. Oh, okay. The there first is Rowan Kenrith and Will Kenrith. I'll read the red one, you read the blue one. This is perfect. Okay, that's perfect. Four red red for a Planeswalker. That's right, we're starting with a Planeswalker. Uh, it's partnered with Will Kenrith. So anytime one enters the battlefield, you can search your deck for the other. Or if they can both be your commander. And Rowan Kenrith can be your commander. So she has three abilities for plus two. During target player's next turn, each creature that player controls attacks if able. Her minus two, she deals three damage to each tap creature. Her minus eight, target player gets an emblem with whenever you activate an ability that isn't a man ability, you may copy it and choose new targets for the copy. So she has a hurt a lot of tap creatures and as well as make every creature attack. Goad them essentially, but they can still attack you. Yeah, I wish it would have just said goad during target player's next turn. Eat, or Goad all players target player, or sorry, goad all creatures target player controls. Would they even be able to attack your two-headed giant team if that was the case? Yeah, because if they're not... Because you do... The new rule with Dominaria was you do sort of declare your creatures to attack a, a specific player. person. A player, yeah. Yeah, and Goat also is... I think once it's down to two play players, they can attack you, right? The way Goat is worded. Yeah, I think so. Um, So it would it would still work. I, I think they just didn't want to add another keyword, another, you know, Goat's not in the set otherwise. That's true. That's a good point. But, um, I mean, Rowan... 
Yeah, it's attack a player other than you if able. If so able. So there's no yeah. one else to attack, they'll go straight for you. So Roan seems fine, I guess. Six mana is a lot. Her a ultimate lot. is sweet, but if you're only playing it for her ultimate, then maybe then there are better commanders. Oh yes, f- for the ultimate. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so the brother is Will Kenrith. These are like the Lannisters, by the way. Yeah. This is totally Joffrey and Joffrey. You mean uh, um, Joffrey Cersei. was a Lannister? We all know. Oh yeah, it's it's Cersei it's and Jamie. Jamie and and Cersei. Yeah, because oh, yeah, they're twins. I don't want to see what's coming out. But this guy Joffrey. looks more like Joffrey. That's true. He does a little bit. He looks definitely like a younger Lannister. He doesn't have the ruggedness that Jamie does. Yeah, exactly. And he's still got both. Hands. both. <laughs> okay. <Spoiler> <laughs> <alert>. <laughs> uh, Will Kenrith is the blue one. Four blue blue for a four ma- four loyalty planeswalker. Plus two until your next turn up to two target creatures. Each have base power and toughness zero three and lose all abilities. Negative two target player draws two cards until your next turn. Instant sorcery and planeswalker spells that player casts cost two generic mana less to cast. So you don't have to choose yourself with that one. Interesting, yeah. Um, And then the ultimate negative eight is target player gets an emblem with Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, copy it. You may choose new targets for the copy. Again, that's target player. So was mm-hmm. Rowan. You can give emblems to another player. You're rarely going to do that, but it is a possibility. Um, Will's a lot better than Rowan. Yeah, just because his minus two is very powerful. Making stuff cost two generic less to cast for instant sorceries and planeswalkers. Um, I just think it's going to be safer to play Will in a lot of instances too because the yeah. plus two actually sort of blanks two creatures. Yeah. And so, whereas Rowan, you could play it into a board and then just get attacked and died. Even if you plus two are like, well, yeah, I was going to attack the Planeswalker anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but Will comes down and messes with that a little bit, the calculation, because you go, okay, well, the two best creatures are zero threes now, and maybe there's not even more than that. Or at least yeah. I can block the other ones or something. So Turn um, that Blightsteel Colossus the other direction. And the negative two, you're right, is could be... Because you untap, you negative two, you yourself draw two cards, you play a land... And now you've got seven mana available, but all your instants and sorceries cost two, two less. less. Yeah. So it's not po- hard to think of going infinite there either. It's potentially, yeah. Imagine you play like, I don't know, high tide or something. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you just got a bajillion mana. You have a mystic And stack. all your stuff is, yeah. And all your stuff is, you know, super discounted. I, I think Will's actually pretty good just as a mono blue commander almost. Six mana is a lot. Yeah. But. Will is definitely the better of the two by a long shot. Um, and so cards that you might want to play, if these two were your commanders, would be stuff like you could be very mean and play Jockle Hops. Because with Will out, you're playing lands at the same rate as everyone else. You're going to start playing stuff faster as well, not to mention just Planeswalkers by themselves. Planeswalkers and Jockle Hops are great because Jockle Hops was... Yeah, it's destroying... It doesn't say Planeswalker like, on it yeah. because they didn't exist back then. For six mana, artifacts, creatures, and lands, and they can't be regenerated, that's pretty intense. I almost feel as if... Juggle hops, Nev's disc, cards like that should be errata to say permanence, but I don't like errata in general, so I'm fine with it. They don't. Yeah, and we just had a real big errata recently with Target. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So, uh, disrupt decorum. Also, speaking of goad, that's the uh, the sorcery from Commander 2017, uh, and I think com- uh, conspiracy as well, where you goad all creatures you don't control until until next turn. Those creatures attack each combat and someone else. So the reason that that's obviously good is that it works well with what Rowan's doing. Which is why I like quite a bit. Yeah, and it stops. Yeah, exactly. It stops them from attacking you specifically. And when you got planeswalkers as your commanders, yeah. even if you don't have Rowan out, even if it's just Will, it's still good. The next one you've got down here is Reigns of Power. This is a goofy one. Two blue blue for an instant. Untap all creatures you control and creatures target opponent controls. 
You and that opponent each gain control of all creatures. The other controls until end of turn. Those creatures gain haste until end of turn. So are you assuming you don't have a lot of creatures? Well, it's like, hey, make our creatures attack. Swap them. You know, now you give them zero creatures and you get the creatures that are supposed to attack because of Rowan or whatever. Uh, because not Rowan, because of, yeah, because of Rowan. Because she's trying to make all the creatures attack. So you're well, like, I think you could swap him, attack with theirs. Yeah, you can do that too, which is pretty funny. And then can Rowan target you or is it opponent with the negative? Rowan can say during target players next turn. So yeah. No, no, in the negative two. Oh, negative two, three damage to each creature target player. So you controls. can target yourself. So yeah. I'm going to take your creatures, attack with them. Whop and them then I'm going to negative... <laughs> And, and targeting myself and do negative three to all my creatures, which are actually your creatures. Yeah. That's a cool combination. I like that. Yeah, it's it's definitely like one of those big one shot. Everyone goes, oh, snap. But, uh, you know, it's how it goes. <laughs> Here's the next one. War attacks, enchantment, two in the blue. Are they pirates? Those guys are pirates. Uh -huh. uh, X in the blue. This turn, creatures can't attack unless their controller plays, pays X for each attacking creature they control. So, again, these are good with Rowan. You just make them pay. Be you like, make them attack, but they can't. They, won't they can't attack actually you. attack because they'll have to pay you know six mana per or whatever. Well, they just can't attack you. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is great. Um, and you can use it actually during any turn. So, which is really interesting. I kind of like this card in general. I'm surprised I haven't seen it before. It's propaganda ish. Yeah, but it's interesting because it makes you have to spend mana, but it does stop other people from attacking other people too. Oh, it's can't attack. It's not just you. Oh, yeah. Unless they're controlled. Oh, I thought it was a can't attack you. Yeah. I think I, I recognize this art. I'm sure I've bought this card, like going, I'm going to put this in this deck, and then it just got Are there cut. any foil versions, guys? Let me it's know. Marcadian Mass. So yeah. It's a, it's well, it's just ago. so you got to have a lot of mana for this to be really fun and useful. Um, but yeah, anything that just has high CMC. Like, just because of the forking? Because of the forking and because Will can make it cheaper. So you can play Expropriate a turn early as well. Two turns early. Two turns early, yeah. Interesting. Pay it for seven. Right, because it costs nine. Yeah. So you play Will for six, and then expropriate, expropriate for seven. Expropriate for seven is just ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous at nine. Yeah. I've still never lost when I've cast it. That card should almost be like an eleven drop, honestly, to be fairly costed. I think. Yeah, it's it's way too good. And if you forked it, oh gosh, good night. <laughs> Seriously. Um, yeah, it's a real good night. Uh, Beacon of Tomorrows, is that the extra turn beacon? Yeah. Yeah. And any any extra turn is going to be good because... You get to use their abilities again and cast exactly. them for cheaper. And oh. then you get to get to the part where you're forking it. Yeah, so. which is nuts. Okay. Sold. All right. Let's but talk... Wait, wait. So oh. there's a question here. Oh, that's right. Um, do you think that this partner pair is good, though? Rowan and Will. Is that a good deck? Heck no. Two think... six CMC Planeswalkers is just not a real... Because having them both out is when it really shines... I think you're much better putting this in a deck that has red and blue and would either use one or both their abilities. Because if you think about it, each one of these cards draws a card when they come out. A very specific card, but it draws a card if you play it in the 99, which is a, but it, makes the you, value actually a little higher. If you play higher. them as partners, they draw, you just start with an extra card out there. You do start with an extra here's, card. Here's the thing. Too. They yeah. can't be worse than just Will is by himself. True. Right? Well, they're definitely You could better, still play right? a mono blue deck with Will and Rowan in the command zone, and yeah. it would just be a Will deck. <laughs> And Will is pretty good. Yeah, Will is very good, I think. Um, it that's... is 6 CMC, so that's the knock, I think, against Will. But those that partner pairing cannot be worse than just of, one. Than the best one of them is. True. I think I'm just rather thinking that there's going to be a lot more scenarios that you want to just have one or the other in the 99 rather than trying to build a deck around this and make it work. Well, yeah. the Because this is almost kind of group huggy with what Rowan's doing in a weird way. Rowan specifically is way worse when they know it's going to come. Yeah. Will's Will's fine, um, but Rowan is the type of creature you don't you like. You wouldn't want to attack mm -hmm. if you know they can play Rowan next turn because they can 
player and immediately do three to all of your creatures that attack. So you'd be like, okay, they're out five mana. Next man, next um, turn, they'll be at six. I'm not going to attack with my creatures with three toughness right now. Because they can all get zapped by Rowan. Yeah. But on the other hand, if you don't even know Rowan's in the deck or if they have it in their hand, then that, that card becomes more powerful because when it's sneaky. It's like a pseudo board wipe too. Yeah. yeah it's interesting. I, honestly, I think the partner pairing, if there are cool decks to be made, they'll be fun. But I would rather, I think they're more much more powerful if you have a couple more colors than just blue and red to play with them. That's yeah. my. I mean, you want thoughts. green, obviously. Yeah, you definitely but want But if green. you're going to doubling season into somebody's ultimate, these neither of these win you the game on the spot. You'd rather sure. just do one of the commanders that does. I mean, if that's your thing, which it'll be more people's thing because more doubling seasons are going to be out there. The and other thing, though, is that you will play Will in the Planeswalker deck. He makes your Planeswalkers yeah. cheaper, you know? And he protects, could you imagine he protects playing, your board. Could you imagine playing two Planeswalkers in one turn because of Will? Because they both cost two less? That's crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. Okay. Um, let's go on to our our preview cards. Zinder Split, I have Wisdom and a Cone, I have Chaos. Um, we've talked about these every episode. Do we have to read them again? Okay, fine. No. Uh, Zinder Split. They, Zinder Split is four and a blue for a one-four <laughs> homunculus. And at the beginning of your up, what of combat. your combat, you flip a coin until you lose a flip, and then whenever a player wins a flip. You draw a card. So, yeah, you you have a 50% chance to draw one card. Just with Zinder Split Just with Zinder Split. And then after that, you have a 25% to draw two in a row. And then whatever, it goes down from there. Because if you win two in a row, you draw two cards. That's pretty sweet, actually. I'll take, hey, if you told me every turn I had a 25% chance to draw two cards and a little less chance to draw three and even less to draw four, I'd be like, oh, I'm not a mathematician, in. but how does that average out cards per turn? It's slightly more than 50%. It's better than Scry. I'll say that much. It's much better well, than Scribe because 50% of a card possibility is much better, I think, than... Well, see, yeah, because half the time you draw a card, mm -hmm. but then some percentage of the time you draw a card, you draw a second card. So that screws up the math as That's far as true. it's not just half a card. Because the upside gets And then some percentage of the time yeah. you draw three cards, and very rarely will you draw more than that. But that... Uh, 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 uh. That's me trying to do the math. Uh, I think it's better than Scry. It's uh, obviously not as good as just drawing a card. Uh, <laughs> And Okun, Eye of Chaos. Yeah, still trying to do the map. Josh is going to be in another zone for a while. You're in the you command zone. Game nights where I went in beautiful mind mode. Yeah, <laughs> that's not what's happening right now. Actually, in my brain right now, it's just like, it's like the old MS DOS with just the cursor blinking. Ding, ding, ding. That's it. It's like one squeaky wheel. <laughs> they go, Barely the, the moving. Hamster's not even yeah. in there. Yeah. The hamster's like holding a holding a beer and just drinking, looking at the wheel. Yeah, he's kind of like every time he breathes towards it. It's almost there. Akun Eye of Chaos is four in a red for a 3-3. Three, three. He's obviously partners. At the beginning of combat on your turn, flip a coin until you lose a flip. So the exact same text, except whenever a player wins a coin flip, you double Akun's power and toughness until end of turn. So he can just become massive. You become a 6-6, 12-12, 24 And if you increase his power past that, then obviously that's how math works. And the thing about these is they stack. So yes. um, Zinder Split and Akun would mean you're flipping two, two coins, coins. In which case, you have an even money shot at drawing at least one card mm -hmm. and again your percentage goes up of drawing coup three yeah i don't know i mean i love these guys actually because it makes a coin flip deck a real thing a card shot up in price thanks to this deck uh and it's called clark's thumb oh yeah all right i have a couple of these luckily because i was nice. building a coin flip deck years ago remember when i was building a chaos deck yes well it ended Josh's up is amazing chaos deck. which was no fun but I, <laughs> I, it ended up not being any coin flip cards but when i was originally yeah. building it I just ordered all the coin flip cards thinking like, oh, these will go in. And then I cut that sub theme out of it. But as a result, you got some thumbs. I have all the coin flip cards. You should and build this deck. Because of Jason Alt, 
I ordered two of all the coin flip cards because he told us once, if you like a card, someone else will probably like it. So you should order two instead of one when you order cards because they're probably going to go up in value because you like it. So somebody else will like it. Every retailer in the world just went, thank you so much, I know. Josh. Thank you, Jason Alt. Thank you for um, doubling our, our profits, essentially. Here's the thing. like, It sounds like I made money on Clark's Thumb, but the problem is I also bought two of about 20 other coin <laughs> cards that have not gone up in value. So yeah. um, I should build this deck, except for I just moved and all of those cards are in a box somewhere and I have no idea where. I would love to build this deck before GP Vegas, but probably not going to happen. Okay, sorry. Think about it. Okay, Crocodile, let's read the text on the card. Very simple. It's a two-mana legendary artifact, so you can't play your two copies, unfortunately. They'll the Also, you know. Yeah, you know. just Elder a, Dragon Highlander. Just a downside <laughs> if somehow you're able to play two. You could copy it. Oh, no, That's legendary. True. Man, you can Helm of the Host? Nope. Nope. Not a creature. If you could copy this, though, because it says if you would flip a coin and said flip two coins and ignore one. So every time a player flips a coin, guess what? You're flipping two coins now. I'm pretty sure that works out like that. So if you flip two coins That's kind and of you insane. win both the flips and you can still ignore one, you're still drawing two cards. So obviously incredibly good with Xander Split or Xander Split. Oh, man. This is making me excited about that deck. I gotta now. I gotta open fifty million boxes. That was actually the entire out. point of this episode to make to you make... build that. Yeah, in my stead. Uh, the next one you have listed is Chance Encounter. I have two of these. Two red really? red <laughs> for an enchantment. It says flip a coin. It's true. Two red red enchantments. Whenever you win a coin flip, put a uh, luck counter on Chance Encounter. At the beginning of your upkeep, if Chance Encounter has ten or more luck counters on it, you win the game. We all love this. So you just have to win 10 coin flips in a game where Chance Encounter is out. Krug's Thumb and both your commanders means you're flipping... Uh, a bajillion. Yeah, minimum four four coins that turn. And then if you if you win on any of them, you start you just keep going. That's the know? thing is with Krug's Thumb and, and either one of the commanders, you just have to win one to, one to get two. another chance. So yeah, so Krug's Thumb literally is probably the best card in the deck. Oh, by for far. sure. By for far. Sure. For sure. Um, you also have the Rings of Bright Hearth. Oh, I um, think about this one. Obviously, everyone loves this card because it's just very good in general. Three mana artifact. Whenever you activate an ability, if it isn't a mana ability, you may pay two. If you do, copy that ability, and you can choose new targets for the copy. So this works, obviously. There are some cards out there that help you flip cards, including this one that lets you flip uh, actually infinite coins. Yeah, this one with... Um, you just win the game. Yeah, okay. It's Frenetic Afrit. It's one blue red. I have two of these cards. <laughs> <laughs> I remember ordering it. It's from Mirage. This card is sweet, by the way. Yeah. It's a flying... It's a, Sorry, it's a 2-1 of flying for one, a blue, and a red. It says you pay zero, colon, flip a coin. So you could just flip coins. If you win the flip, Frenetic, frenetic Afrit phases out. <laughs> if you lose the flip, uh, sacrifice Frenetic Afrit. Here's the thing, though. You can flip at instant speed. Yep, it just costs zero. So you just activate it a thousand times. Even if it's bounced, the trigger's still on the stack. You're still flipping coins. You win, yeah, you're like, oh, I win that flip. Okay, I'll let that one resolve. And yeah. then I'll, we'll flip it again. Oh, I'm, I lose that one. In response to that, I'll just flip it again. Is that how that well, works? You, you literally just trigger it a thousand times, and you have to flip a coin each time. Oh yeah, there's still all the. It doesn't care are on if the, the permanent. It doesn't care if the permanent's on the battlefield. Oh, yeah, you literally just go. I'm gonna. Stack. I play for Nega Free. I'm gonna mm. use it a billion times. I win the game because I have chance to counter out, and I will win ten of those flips. Even with just Zinder Split out, you just draw you your draw entire your deck. deck. Yeah. Um, so. And with a cone, you just make him infinitely large. Ding 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 ding! Frenetic free. Can I buy one off you? Uh, I have two. Perfect. So yes. You finally will make some money back. <laughs> finally, there's cards like Stitch in Time, one in blue and red, flip a coin. If you win the flip, take an extra turn after this one. If you just have commanders out that say draw a coin, if you draw a card, if you draw make, a coin. So you, yeah, draw a coin. You could technically just play this as a three mana draw one card potentially, right? So like the downside of cards like this is actually mitigated quite a bit by the commanders. 
Yeah, I, uh, I have. I'm. Do you have two of those? It's uh, this one's on the riskier side. It's a three mana extra turn card though, Josh. Every time. <laughs> was there a legacy deck built around this thing? I think there was somebody who was playing around. That. Um, that's amazing. My guess is I have two, but I don't remember that one specifically. So it's possible that I looked at that one and went, eh, eh. Which is not so, the right attitude to have. Okay. I believe these cards are better as commanders, not in the 99. 100%, because they this works. enables an entire deck. I yeah. think, I wish they would have found a few more things like this, but this is great, where mm -hmm. they literally are creating a deck that just kind of didn't exist. I, I have played against a coin flip deck at a, a GP. Um, I forget. I think his name's Michael. Oh, man, I'm sorry if I'm messing up your name. And it's pretty sweet, but that's the only one I've ever seen. And you had True. to just run like, you know some commander that didn't matter at all just to just to have blue and uh, red in your colors so true that yeah okay the next pairing partners with is peer imaginative rascal and toothy imaginary friend toothy peer is two in a green for a one one human partners with toothy if one or more counters would be put on a permanent your team controls that many plus one of each of those kinds of counters are put on that permanent instead Yes. It's kind of like hardened scales in that if it doesn't right. double the amount. Just adds one more. If you put three on, you're going to put four now up here, not, not six. Um, counters on permanence. Planeswalkers. Counts loyalty, counts all kinds of the other weird counters, but doesn't count things like infect or um, right. experience counters that go on players. Being, yeah, on a permanence. Yeah. Uh, toothy imaginary friend, three in the blue for a 1-1. One, one. Partners, obviously, with Pierre. Whenever you draw a card, play a plus one, plus one counter on Toothy. And when Toothy leaves the battlefield, draw a card for each plus one, plus one counter on it. So, obviously, the Planeswalkers are very good in this deck. In fact, I'm much more of a fan of Pierre as, in terms of a build-around than Toothy. I think Toothy's just generically good. Yep. Can kind of go in any blue deck and not be embarrassing. This would be a great card, by the way, that just said partner. I think this would be fine. Yeah. Um, yeah it's, it is card draw. It is card draw, but it does require Toothy to leave the battlefield, and, you know. This is why it's hard for the partner, because I'm like, yeah. my brain's like, well, well hold on. Compare it with each possibility, and then it's like, ah, true. true. And then the, the gopher takes a break. And if there was a partner that flickered something, then Toothy would not be cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so th I, I think these cards, um, obviously some of the, there's like the storage counter lands that work really well with Pierre as well. Because you get one more counter out of oh, that. Vivid lands. Yeah, the you vivid put lands down here are really good. Yeah, planeswalkers. Um, as foretold, you know, you get to put a time counter on as foretold, and you can pay zero rather than the mana cost for a spell you cast will convert a mana cost X or less, mm -hmm. or X is the number of time counters on as foretold. So you can like make it two to four, or you know, you basically start jumping that up real fast. Um, it's more of a build around, but I could see decks that would want peer. Let's say you just know you have bigger things is at two, four, and six, or with Pierre out. Yeah. I mean, do you think it's better than a lot of the com the plus one, plus one counter options that are available? Like, it, to me, it feels good with, like, things you normally can't mess with. True. Like, loyalty counters, and the Vivid Lands thing is cool. Um, the Storage Lands is, I think, a little better. That ramps you, but I'm not sure that it's, it's good not, enough. Yeah. It's like a hardened skills in your command zone. But it's a three mana one one. Yeah, and do you really need hardened skills in the deck that you're? I mean, hardened skills is in most of those plus one counter decks, but it's but partially it's good because it's one mana as an enchantment. Yeah, and it's also in this case because it says counters on it, just on any permanent for Pierre that you want to try and think bigger. It actually kind of restricts you a little more because it's like, well, 
do I want just this thing and is building my deck around this mechanic going to hurt it overall? Mm -hmm. Or is he just better in, in, inside the 99? Now, my question is, how do you put Pierre in a Marchesa deck? Actually, it wouldn't matter. It doesn't place the counters. It just plays an extra one, and Marchesa doesn't, yeah. doesn't want a lot. just wants one on everything. Hmm. Um, the last thing you have down here is the graft mechanic. So graft is a mechanic that comes on a lot of creatures, and it'll say, like, graft and then a number. So let's take the Cytoplast Rootkin as an example. It's two green green for a zero zero, but it has graft four, which means this creature enters the battlefield with four plus one plus one counters on it. Five if Pier is out. And then there's usually some ability tied to the plus one plus one counter. Um, oh, sorry, sorry. Graft four comes in with four counters. And then whenever another creature yeah. enters the battlefield, you may have a plus one plus one counter. Uh, you may move a plus one plus one counter from this creature onto it. So. Yeah. All right. So it places a counter and you get to double it up. So you're essentially, you can start like making little graft chains if you make a graft deck where it's like, be bigger, everyone. Throw one Right, on, so Cytoplast comes out, Pier's already out. So Cytoplast gets five counters. Mm -hmm. And then you play another creature and you choose to graft one of the counters from Cytoplast. It goes down to four onto the new creature. But because the counter's being placed, it actually gets two. Yeah. And if that's a graft creature, it gets, you know, even more because it comes in with all that stuff too. So there's a lot of different, it's every instance a counter's being put on. It starts to have a sort of doubling season like effect in that it's placing yeah. it's kind of placing more than one yeah a little bit um and we didn't really talk about toothy because again toothy is generically just gonna be good uh so i think for sure these are not great partners together i don't think you're building a deck that really does anything if you do this if that makes sense uh, you can draw cards which is awesome thanks to toothy but i would rather have these in different decks to be honest i don't even know if i'd play them in the same deck they don't really I mean, Toothy's fine with Pierre in that you always want to draw cards in whatever deck, but they don't work together exactly. Yeah. Because like we were saying, I don't think you're building the Pierre deck with the plus one, plus one counter themes. Yeah. It's interesting because the drawing cards is the important part about Toothy, and, and Pierre doesn't help you draw cards, if that makes sense. Yeah. That's what would really take it over the top if Pierre I mean, it was, helps you put on more counters, which helps would you put on more counters, more cards. cards. But there's like that one extra step that just kind of holds it back a little bit, I think, from I would rather having it have it be... In the 99. Here's the thing. That deck would still be fine, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think the deck would be fine. Because it's going to draw cards. Like, it's going to do it a little bit slower than maybe some of the other yeah. Simic options, but still better than all the Boros options. <laughs> <laughs> so... Well, when you put it like that, Josh. That deck won't be bad. But, yeah, I agree. I, I would say in the 99. I think they're, they're not even in the 99 together most of the time. They're in different decks. All right. Next up, we have Virtus the Veiled and Gorm the Great. I love these names. So Virtus the Veiled is a two and a, uh, two and a black for a 1-1 one, one partner with Gorm and has Death Touch whenever it deals combat damage to a player. That player loses half their life rounded up. So it's a three-mana 1-1 one, one Death Touch, but here's the thing. It's not going to really find that many ways to get in for combat, that's for sure. Well, unless Gorm the Great's out, because Gorm the Great is three and a green for a 2-7 with Vigilance, and Gorm the Great must be blocked if able, and Gorm the Great must be blocked by two or more creatures if able. So he sort of stands in front with his two big arms, trying to block as many creatures as possible. And then behind him, Virtus is like, I'm coming in! And then stabs him for a giant quietest spike level of damage. If they have two or less creatures, and you have both these creatures out, then they're going... They're going down. They're going. They're losing half their life. And maybe all of their life, <clears throat> if you're going to play it with cards like uh, Exquisite Blood. 
and then you combine that with sanguine bond <laughs> well you don't even need virtus yeah. or gorm for that to that's work. true that's true <laughs> uh but exquisite blood is a deck that you could play in this deck uh, wound reflection is the one that really just kills them on the spot because yeah. it, it's at the end of i think every uh each, each end step end, yeah end step. Yeah, yeah they lose life equal to the amount of life they lost that turn so if they lost half their life they lose the other half not um, to mention that this begins at the beginning of each end step, and it's each opponent. So it affects your opponent's combats as well when they start fighting each other. And the are. great thing about Wound Reflection is you can do it afterwards, right? So you attack, and Virtus gets through, and maybe they think, oh, I'm at 30, it's 15 damage, I'm yeah. going to take it rather than block with something because Virtus has Death Touch, and I'll just go to 15, it's not the best, but I'll be okay. Mm -hmm. And then you play Wound Reflection afterwards. And they're like, <gasps> and they're like, that's not okay. It's not okay. It's I'm losing the rest okay. of my life. Uh, the Archfiend Despair is a new card from Balaban that does basically the same thing. Uh, and then the last card I had here was Infiltration Lens. This is a weird card from Scars of Mirrodin. It's a one mana equipment that you normally wouldn't play, but it says whenever equipped creature becomes blocked by a creature, you may draw two cards. Equip one. Oh, so you put out a creature that kind of have to block. Yeah, like there, it's you know, it's it the works same. on Gorm too. Yeah, yeah, it works on really well on Gorm. But uh, would it? Would it? Uh, I shouldn't ask these questions because we get I believe it will trigger multiple times or it's only once. I'm not sure. <laughs> so all possibilities. All possibilities. That's how I that's how I make the show work for me, Josh. I say both things and say it really convincingly and hey, you know what? It's going to be either, true either, either one way. Could happen. Yeah, see? I'm I'm just constantly winning here on the show. All I want to do is win, 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 win. 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 Uh, but I believe it will trigger multiple times, you know. It will say it probably. Ask a judge yeah, ask about a judge. that one because I don't want to Google it right now. Although we are, I mean, commander players are closer to judges than most players, I believe. If we that's have true, to... that's really bad because we're, <laughs> we mess up rules constantly. Yeah, we. Me well, it's also because we have to always think about these ridiculous interactions. It's true. Um, I think both these cards are better than the 99. I think Virus the Veil is just a fun one to put in the deck if you are running a Wound Reflection kind of deck. Or Alesha, who smiled yeah. at death. Some way to cheat it out. Uh, it's an Azra Assassin. If it was a demon, you could do like... Kalia or Kalia something, but sure. you can't. Kalia has Master of Cruelties, which is a demon, I believe. Yeah, and we so. mentioned Gorm in like a Doran deck or something. I think mm -hmm. would probably be pretty good because you are forcing people to block it. So like your Orc of Moldaya is just going to die to that thing, right? True. So it can kind of pick off their little, you know, yeah, Seaborn Muses. People don't want to block with certain, a lot of creatures that people play aren't there to ever block ever. Yeah. And so Gorm can kind of eat those things depending. Obviously, you can't eat Seaborn unless it's in a Doran deck or something like that, but... It's interesting. We'll see what happens. I don't think Gorm's very good. No. Virtus is the by far the better one, and even that, it's just tough. If you have to deal combat damage. Yeah. I mean, how many times have you ever been hit by a, what is it, Sire of Insanity? or? It's very rare. Oh, Master of Cruelties? Master of Cruelties. They have to sneak it out. It's it's just hard, right? It. Let's say you board wipe, and then maybe you do like a creature with a haste. Like how many, literally how many times have you ever been hit by a Master of Cruelties? I think twice, and it was only because of Kalia, sneaking it in. So mm -hmm. not very many. Not times. very many. Yeah, no. It's just a rare thing. Okay, so we have Sylvia Bright Spear and Gorvath Bright Flame. I'm, we're not going to spend much time on this. Sylvia basically is a white card. That's a two-two double strike, and dragons your team control have double strike. And Corvath is five and a red for a three-four red card. Uh, their partner is Flying Haste, and it says knights your team controls have flying and haste. All your knights jump on the back of dragons. Yeah, and Sylvia makes all your dragons double strike because it's the human slashing it and the lance. dragon breathing fire. Here's the thing. It's Boros. If you play this as he <laughs> borrows your commanders, like you're just really shooting yourself in the foot here. I mean, you have to pick one. So you're either a knight deck or a dragon deck, right? Because I'd you rather be a dragon with... deck. But then you might as well just go with one of the five colors or the 100%, scion or something. Yeah. So I think it's, you got to be a knight deck. 
In which case, in which case, uh, you're a night deck. And you're not playing Corvath and Sylvia as your, you know, like you'd want to do a night deck with a more, more colors. That's all I got to say. They're red and white. These are nuts and limited, but real bad in Commander. The only, no, they need to make new, every time, every time. Boros Commanders every time are just like boring. Good for limited most times. Uh, like yeah, Aurelia, like that so. card is absurd. Well, limited. yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> Look, I got to give it some. We already tried to break Boros, and at the end of it, Josh and I, I was still, I was still like, that's still bad. It's just <laughs> to break Boros, you just make a bad, yeah, like Simic wannabe deck. So that doesn't even break it. Okay. Yeah. Um, the next pairing is Krav. This is the last one, right? Yeah. Krav the Unredeemed and Regna the Redeemer. So Krav is four and a black for a three-three. You can pay a black, sacrifice X creatures, and then target player draws X cards and gains X life where, uh, sorry, and then you put X 1-1 one, one counters on Krav. So you pay a black, sacrifice three creatures, target player, usually yourself, draws three cards, gains three life, and Krav becomes a 6-6 six, six now. Yep. Regna is five and a white for a 4-4 four, four flyer. At the beginning of each end step, if your team gained life this turn, create two 1-1 one, one white warrior creature tokens. Again, in Commander, your team is you, usually... Which means that if you activated Krav, you will have gained life and drawn cards, and then Regna will then trigger on the end step and create two more warrior creature tokens for you that you can then sack to Krav. We talked about this last episode, yeah. and that kind of gets you in this nice loop where it's giving you the fodder to sack, to draw the cards and gain the life to give you the fodder to sack, to continue that. Um, it sounds awesome. It sounds awesome. It's a five-man and a six-man yeah. commander. If, if Krav hard. was like a three-mana one-one and Regna was like a four-mana three-four flyer that did, yeah. and they did have the same abilities, then I would be into this because that feels realistic. Like you might you might get that combination of both out and do the thing do sometimes. Do the thing, yeah. And that's what like it feels like the good partner combinations are is they both support each other in the same way that Xander Split and uh, Akum do as well. And add a CMC on the curve that's reasonable. Yeah. Turn five, then turn six. That's count. That's costing all your mana on both those turns. So you then, can't even use the abilities, right? You need to be able to pay X to sac, pay, pay black, black to yeah. sacrifice X. So now on so. turn seven, if it, if everything goes according to plan, and they stuck around, I can start to do the thing. I also need to have somehow created a couple of creatures, or at mm -hmm. least one creature to sacrifice to get the chain going. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of people ask me if I should put Krav. Or if I would put Krav in my Shadowborn Apostles deck. And it's a consideration. It's a consideration. It Regna's definitely helps definitely you. Not. Yeah, Regna definitely not. Regna actually kind of works better by herself in a lot of ways because it's just about gaining life and then you get to do this thing. It's like, but cool. Then, and you're playing a six even... mana 4-4 four, four flyer at that point. Why mm. doesn't she have lifelink or something? She has no way to trigger herself. Well, if she could partner with Timna. <laughs> then it would be sweet, yeah, actually. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Oh, wait, it makes warriors? Yeah. I guess it's okay. But here's the thing, those those then can start dealing damage to other opponents and paying X life and drawing cards. True. I'd put her with Najila. 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 Uh, yeah. You know what? We shouldn't go down this road because it's just not a realistic one. But hey, if there's an errata to be had, maybe it's uh, with one of these guys. Well, Krav seems like the type of card that would be a tier one, close to a tier one, if it was just partner and not partners with. Yes. This is open-ended, right? It's Very like you're saying... There's no deck that doesn't want to draw cards. And sacrificing creatures, that's something that most decks can figure out a way to do if they want to. Mm -hmm. It would be close to Timna, I think. Imagine if he was in a deck that made a lot of tokens. 
Yeah. Like, you know. I mean, you can do that Tana, now. The blood sower too. Yeah. Yeah, you can do that now. True. But you yes. can put them inside them, but it'd be amazing again. So, yeah. but that's the thing. Like, the reason that we can't do it again, it would just break a lot of things and be a nightmare to balance both a limited set and that at the same time. But you know, I could see a world where there's some functional errata, maybe with some guidance, being like, look, out of all of these, three of these are okay with partners. Yeah. I mean, it would be sweet, but they won't do that. Yeah. Because they could have done that with Unstable and been like, listen, it'd be so much simpler. True. These are just legal in Commander. They they didn't do that. I don't know why. Okay. There's another subject. Bandwidth, probably. All right. So that is it for this episode, guys. But we have some more fun things coming up. It's called To the Listeners. I want to know if if you've just been screaming at your podcast machine. I have an Ikra Shadiki Cider Condo deck, and it's awesome, and you guys are totally wrong. Actually, Ikra Shadiki and Cider do work together because they're low, low power, high toughness. Yeah, but it's still not a good <laughs> Do you remember when I built a four-color deck without red, and I put Sidar Condo in there, and I only put one green card? <laughs> That's how, like, I was like, this is not what I want to do. <laughs> no, that is what you wanted to do, but it yeah. felt dirty, right? It felt wrong. It felt wrong. It just didn't work. I should have just made it a Bray deck, obviously. Uh, but yeah, do you have any favorite partner builds? Are there any cards that you think should work as partners? Or even going back, are there old cards in the past that should work as partners as well? Um, and specifically, I want to know if you've done something unconventional in the 105 combinations that we didn't talk about that changes our mind in some way. That'd be great to hear. I mean, what I use the partners for is to give me colors to pull off a combination where there's not a good way to do it right now yeah. like uh, before zinder split and a cone were out if mm-hmm. i was going to build a coin flip deck i would have gone to the partners because at least right you can find some that are kind of generic enough that they'll they're not going to be the linchpins of your deck they're not going to but in a pinch they'll do something and they'll provide utility yeah there's like and they'll give cer- you an extra color to do more goofy things with yeah exactly so that's how i've kind of used them but yeah i admit i thought originally that they were going to be just had a lot more life to them. Yeah, and it felt like, well, these four are really good, and you see those a lot, and you just don't see the others very much, which is a little bit, it's too bad. Yep, splitting up your strategy is very bad in Commander, I found. Once you start being like, I want to play this deck and have six different things I want to do, your deck is just, you're not no. going to do any of them no. well. You need a logline, and it's usually, it can be yeah. one sentence. Logline maybe a B-plot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you want to pick up any of these partners from either Battle Bond or C16, though, you should definitely go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone and order your singles and your magic product there. Because when you do that, you're getting the cards that you want. We're all going to order magic cards. Quickly as well. Good yeah. shipping. And while you're doing it, you're also simultaneously supporting Game Nights and this podcast and all of our content. It's a two-for-one. It's just value. Yeah, it's a good two-for-one. Not to mention their foil, the C16 commanders. That's a three-for-one. <laughs> Buy two of works? them, Jason. <laughs> now that's a six-for-one. And if you crack a pack of Battle Bond and you get a foil of one of these partners with, you, you get will get a second one. foil in the same pack. I haven't cracked packs in a very long time for the fun of it, and I'm pretty sure Battlebond's going to be the one, because I would love to make like a cube out of this set too. It just seems like a really fun, I like play experiences, and that's what Gavin's all about. He's done, you know, he's helped out in the conspiracy sure, sets as yeah. well. So I'm very excited for that. I just want to open a foil Rowan or Will and get the other one. I'm excited to draft it Two-Headed Giant because I have no idea how that's going to work. Yeah, that's crazy. That sounds like super fun. Um, so I'm very excited for the set. Gavin's done a really good job, and I think a lot of this stuff is playable, plus the reprints. Yeah. So Battlebond, very interesting. We're going on and on about it, but that's because Gavin's our friend, and he just he did something sweet here. I think. Yeah, uh, I think a lot of Commander players are very grateful for the set for good reason. Uh, our other sponsor for the show, Ultra Pro Playmats, Eclipse sleeves now in hundred packs for your Commander decks, 
and you can also sleeve up and make your cards look awesome. They are the relic tokens that are really sweet, especially if you're going to be playing, you know, your ton of the Bloodsower decks and you need to count how many Sapperlings you just made. Relic tokens pretty awesome from Ultra Pro. You should find them in some LGSs. I've heard they've been selling out a lot, quite a bit as well. So you can always tweet if at Ultra Pro. If you see them, you should grab them because yeah, they sell out super get. fast. Yeah. yeah. Um, you can also tweet at Ultra Pro and let them know, hey, I want to get more. And that's a great way to let them know. That's how they knew to make 100 uh, packs for the Eclipse sleeves as well. Yep. So great way to keep in contact with a company that wants to keep in contact with you. All right. Now it's time for the end step where we talk about something cool outside the world of magic. Joshua? <laughs> I had the last one. Yeah, it's true. I had we the one talk before about, that. We can talk about movies. Have you seen Solo? No. Okay, we can't it's talk about It's because, funny um, because Solo's the first Star Wars movie of ah. the new era that I didn't work on. How about this? So I had, I know nothing about it. End step. What are you looking forward to watching, Josh, as a seasoned veteran that has seen so many movies and been to so many like advanced screenings and stuff? I invited Josh to an advanced screening of a movie last week, and he's like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> and I was like, I can't blame you. You've seen a lot of things, and you've done this process so many times. Yeah, gotta, it, so- gotta... it sounds bad. I, well, you year... had to edit game nights as well, which is very important for you guys. Um, yeah, the truth of the matter is that for years and years, for the last for like 15 years, I basically saw like some portion of i'd say like 70 percent of all the major movies that came out before they came out it's a lot of movies that doesn't mean i worked on all those movies but in some aspect i would work on them a little because i Mm -hmm. i ran a division at a company that worked on movie trailers and and the companies would have different divisions and they would work on movies from all over the landscape and so you know i might not be working on pacific rim but i would be in a company that was somebody else would be and you know i would go in and maybe talk with the editor and give some little notes and things and so i would see significant portions of pacific rim before it came out or i'm just using that as an example and so only in the last like 18 months have i gotten to the point where there are movies coming out on a regular basis where i know nothing about it yeah interesting which has been really exciting so i'm actually more excited to see movies now than i have been in in years and years and I'm trying to think of Incredibles two. I think is pretty. Oh high yeah, on me my too. List. Me too. And I worked on the original Incredibles. That's how old I am. Um, <clears throat> Sixty five. Yeah, I used to work on Pixar movies. So that I would say that's probably of this summer my most looking forward to from now. How about you? What? I would say Incredibles as well. That movie looks very, very fun. And if we had to go real far into the distance, I believe uh, Jordan Peele is coming out with a new movie as well. I Jordan Peele, anything he makes, I will go see it. Yeah, it's just based on Get Out alone. Yeah. I still rave about Get Out to this day about so how good. good of a movie that yeah. movie that is. Guy, yeah. That guy's got talent. Yeah, um, very much so. I'm trying to think of, yes, it's weird that I didn't see Solo. I really should go see it. I'm just very anti-prequel. Yeah. I and- will see it. But it definitely falls into that box when you watch it. You're like, oh, you have a history to address in the creation of this, essentially this movie. Like you can't go outside of a box almost. Like you're given a box and it's called Han Solo's past. It's not, <laughs> it's not just that too. I'm assuming, and I haven't seen the movie and I know nothing about it, um, that there's going to be a bunch of scenes where the main characters are in danger. Yep. So you got Chewie, you got Solo, you got Lando. I know 100% that they make it out of that. Yeah, that's and, good point. And that's just sort of ruins a basic tenet of storytelling of like what happens next, uh, which I always find dissatisfying. I think flashbacks are fine. People mm-hmm. often sort of throw Godfather 2 out there as like a prequel, but it's not because there's a storyline in Godfather 2 that's advancing in right. the present that I don't know the end to. And there's the things with Robert De Niro are all flashbacks, yeah, um, which are informing the context for the story 
storyline in the present. So I think that's a totally different thing. I can't think of a prequel off the top of my head that I like. It's really interesting, too, because the nature of prequels and all that, it's almost as though you're doing a historical fiction or something that's based off of history. So you know, like, oh, Abraham Lincoln's in this movie. He's probably going to – I kind of know how his story ends. Right, so you spoil that part of the suspense for you, or because in this case it's like Han Solo is not real, right? But he has a history now, and he has a full blown like. I think a lot of people do consider him and people like Tony Stark and Iron Man to be real things and real people, honestly, especially like really young kids. Yeah, that's they see true. they see someone like Iron Man, they're like, that is Iron Man. That's straight up. I can't believe I just met Iron Man. You know, I'll think of it. I thought of an interesting counterpoint to what I just said about prequels, and that's like. <laughs> And I don't know why it's different, but it is in my head. And that's like m- books that were turned into movies. So like mm-hmm. Harry Potter, I know the ending of that. One, right? right, I read the books. And yet I can still watch those movies and enjoy them. Maybe it's because when you were reading the books, you had that feeling. Yeah, and so I can sort of connect to the feeling I had before, mm-hmm. maybe. And the historical thing is really interesting. Um, you know, you watch the movie Lincoln and you know you know the outcome of the Civil War. And yeah, you know, you know, you know where Emancipation Proclamation. Up. If you know anything about history, you know how those things end up. And, and those movies are, I guess they don't, they're usually smart about that. They don't park the movie on true. That's a good point on the outcome of those things. They're more about like the character, the motivations, the things you didn't know. Yeah, I guess and it, it also convinces you that it may not happen. I remember thinking in Lincoln, like, oh my gosh, is this actually going to work? It seems true. like the odds are stacked against them. <laughs> it seems like I had a bad feeling about this. <laughs> ah. Bringing it all back to Star it's Wars. All back to Star Wars. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I would encourage everybody out there to go see Solo though, because. I know everybody worked really hard on those movies and they're yeah. a little disappointed with the outcome. So, you know. Yeah, the box office wasn't too great. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I ate popcorn and I laid back in the seat that reclined in the theater and I was like, this is it. This is a summer movie experience. And I, if you asked me to recount to you a lot of the details, I probably wouldn't be able to. There's a, my friend had a great quote that I always love, which is like, you know, we went to see like Transformers, one of the Transformers, the bad mm-hmm. ones. And, and at the end of it, he was like, you know, that movie wasn't good. But it was loud. <laughs> you know, that's kind of summer, and it's totally fine. You eat popcorn, you, yeah. you, you, you know, you have some fun with your friends, and that's really, that's a valid reason to go see a movie. So. 100%. 100%. All right. Uh, now moving on to the cleanup step where we don't talk about movies for 20 minutes. We um, just have a movie podcast, Josh. If you want to, like, listen to some people that actually, one, do have a movie podcast, and two, would like to have a movie podcast, then you should listen to Master and Modern because Ben Bateman has a podcast uh, maybe multiple podcasts about they've been expanding. Movie. Yeah, action movies. Ben does a lot of just cover it. It's it's really interesting network of podcasts and yeah. a lot of other radio. Actually, it's really fun. And Kessler, Alex Kessler, who's the other host of Master of Modern, would love to have a, a probably a million podcasts about movies. That guy, yeah, just, that guy, he would probably. I can imagine him listening to us talking about Solo in this very weird, technical, and precise way, and he's just thinking about the billions of things about the story and the lore and how it changed oh, X, Y, and Z. He would know every detail. Yeah, and, like, and how that's the really the important thing is the shape of the universe, the extended universe now, not about whether or not prequels are better because you know the outcome. <laughs> he also <laughs> loves Star Wars like no True. one. He's the biggest Star Wars fan I know. Uh, and they, those guys also, as it turns out, they know a lot about magic, specifically the modern format, and they talk about it on their podcasts, which is why it's called the Masters of Modern. And you can find them on Twitter right next to us at, um, sorry, on Collected Got Company True. right next to us and on Twitter at the MMCast. Mm-hmm. Our editor for the show, Craig Blanchett, Mr. Infect. Special thanks to Jeffrey Palmer, who does the living card animations on the shows that Craig edits, the stuff behind us at youtube.com slash the command zone podcast. Highly encourage you, if you haven't seen the video versions yet, you should watch them because you see our face. I don't know how many people out there don't know what you look like. 
less these days probably in the in the old days when we got most of our downloads were listens on audio but now our audience is like 70 percent on youtube cool and jimmy is famous so that more <laughs> people know jimmy's face but, but from with what? the hair they're like i don't know is that still jimmy how is he constantly waking up right before he starts the podcast <laughs> i don't get it is he just napping all day yes the answer is yes i oh, god i wish oh one more thing is this the last episode that comes out before gp vegas no i think there's two but anyway gp vegas if yeah, you're gonna be there look for me i think jimmy's probably not I, gonna make I, it i right now it's looking like i flipped the coin before it was a coin flip now it's definitely now it's a coin flip with Clark's thumb, but Clark's on the thumb, other side. On the other it's side, like yeah. your opponent has we're, we're looking thumb. very unlikely that I will, be, I will be able to make it this time. Yeah, unfortunately. But please come find me. Uh, I will be at the Commander Championship event on Friday the 15th um, at 11 a.m. Find me there. Get your cool soul ring play mat. Oh, yeah. And also, I'll just be there. Follow me on Twitter at Josh Lee Kwai because I'll be tweeting about where I'm at and yeah. uh, looking for games. And large segments of Commander games tend to follow me around these events follow us around these events so if you find me you'll find commander players yes for sure and that's the best part about the gps for me is sitting around playing a bunch of commander with people or occasionally signing up for sealed events too with josh because you'll be doing a couple i'm sure Ooh, i brushed my head nice brush the head i was trying to fix the hair <laughs> thanks <laughs> all right everybody we'll see you next time For your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs> Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.